0: Hey, everybody. How you doing? Hey, David Hall. Hello, hello. And that's it. All right. We got a busy week, guys. It's Build Week, week 13. And boy, I tell you what, uh, we're so happy to have Gridfinder associated as a title sponsor with iRacers Lounge. Grid Finder is your go-to source for finding your next sim racing league. Currently home to over 500 leagues across all gaming platforms and across 10 different racing sims, including over 100 iRacing leagues. GridFinder has teamed up with the sim racing community to create a sim racing calendar in support of men's mental health charity, Calm. 100% of the profits will go to Calm. Visit grid-finder.com to purchase a calendar to keep track of all your races and support a great charity. GridFinder is the home of online sim racing leagues i have to th- check out those calendars they're pretty cool they have some great artwork mostly road cars and with that uh jump to topics brian let's talk about the dirt race uh learnerville
1: Yeah, hey guys uh so this week was week five of the world of outlaws sprint car championship at learnerville and it's uh marking the halfway point of the uh of the season so um Coming into this week and Monday night's race, uh, Hayden Cardwell is uh, holding a narrow five-point lead over Alex Bergeron.
0: Yep, series rookie Logan Rumsey wins the first heat and grabs the pole for the feature race with Cardwell finishing second. Alex Bergeron wins heat number three and starts on the inside of row two for the feature.
1: Yeah, real quick note on that. Uh, the reason I knew that uh, Alex won his heat number three was because uh, Dirt Vision had another little oopsie. Um, if you go to watch the uh, the vault replay, it starts at heat number three. It it didn't uh-huh. cover the first two heats, so. Uh, so it's not the first time Dirt Visions had a little issue, so hopefully they get that straightened out in the future. But um, so as the future starts, as the future race starts, Alex Bergeron, he actually uh, gets by the pole sitter, Logan Rumsey, early in the race. But on the opening lap, uh, Hayden Cardwell, who loves to run that high line, um, and Lernerville, if you remember, does not have a wall on the back stretch of the track. So Cardwell actually, he hops over that wall, comes, goes partially down the hill and then rejo- rejoins the track. And uh, it actually brought out a caution. And he re- when he returned back on the track, it like damaged several of the cars in the race, but actually his car turned out to be okay. And he kept his position. So he was still up at the front of the heat.
0: It's funny how that works out sometimes. Uh, when racing resumed, Bergeron is able to hold off Cardwell until Kendall Tucker gets into the mix and Bergeron checked out to claim his third win in five races. Wow, with Tucker grabbing second and Cardwell dropping to third.
1: Yeah, so uh, with that win, Alex Bergeron, he takes the lead back in the series with uh, just two-point lead over Hayden Cardwell now uh, as they pass the halfway mark of the season. So next up on the schedule Monday at 9 o'clock on Dirt Vision is Weed Sport Speedway. And uh, they announced during the broadcast that Cedar Lake – the new track that we'll talk about later is going to be added to the schedule and will be the week after after Weed Sport. So next week is Weed Sport, Cedar Lake. The new track will be the week after that. And uh, and b- believe it or not, neither of those two tracks have hosted one of these uh, Nas Energy Drink uh, World Outlaws. Uh, sprint car sees races before so there's a little bit of unknown in those two tracks as far as how is going to work out so it should be interesting next two weeks to see how how everything plays out and uh if uh, alex can hang on to the lead and uh take home maybe his third third consecutive championship
2: so uh speaking of dirt races how about the real one uh steve Myers posted a tweet that he was going to give away a vip race or a vip account if ty majeski or ryan luso win their races respectively and if they both won he was going to give away five and he was going to let matt weaver or at matt weaver aw decide how they were going to give him away and so ty majeski did take the win in the 53rd snowball derby
0: wow that was awesome and the way he pumped his fist up into the air when he climbed out of the car with his iRacing pose, uh, so to speak with both fist up in the air and triumph, uh, in the iRacing colors in the iRacing suit, uh, man, that was pretty cool. It's a, a very neat moment, uh, to have iRacing win such a prestigious race, the Snowball Derby.
1: Yeah. And this, this isn't a race with slouches in it. I think third place was, um, Chase Elliott, right. And, uh, uh, um, so he was in the race also in the race, uh, Kurt Busch. He was in the top 10. I forgot how he finished, but yeah, these are not slouches. This is a very prestigious, uh, late model race. And, uh, wow. Congratulations Majeski! I think he, w- he got t- uh, second twice in the two preceding years, but this is the first time he's actually taken home that win.
0: Now, Steve Myers was going to give away, uh, a membership to you know somebody who Matt Weaver uh, picked. Now I'm looking at Matt Weaver's timeline and I can't seem to find who actually won it. Um,
1: yeah, yeah, I, I looked through that too. I couldn't find it. Um, I, I was assuming that because um, Matt Weaver was actually at the race, you know, covering the race for Auto Week, where, which he's the editor of. I figured he was going to give it to someone in the stands, or you know, or you know, shoot it out of a cannon like a T-shirt or something. But, but no, um, he might be giving it away on his um Twitter account, and uh, I saw some replies to his post where people are like, "How do I register?" You know, "How do I try to win this thing?" And uh, but I didn't see any responses or how this actually got settled. So, I'll be keeping an eye out for that because uh, what's a what is exactly a VIP um uh, account? Does that mean you get all the track, all the all the um all the stuff that's involved in iRacing.
0: I actually forget. It's something like twenty five hundred dollars in iRacing credits, which is enough to buy all content, and then have more than enough for hosted events and leagues and different things like that.
1: Yeah, so that's a uh, that's no joke. That's just a pretty serious uh, giveaway there. So I'm still trying to find out how how to. Uh, how to uh, apply for that? Well, okay, that- so
0: so it was Steve Byers, who started it, you had to retweet his tweet that, you know said, "Hey, uh, I'm gonna let Matt pick a winner if one if either ryan Luza or or a Ty Majewski win, okay? So, and then Ty ended up winning, and so obviously somebody won the the prize. But uh, speaking of Ryan Luza, he got a p sixteen uh, in his race, which was the race the night before. Uh, he said, disappointing night, uh, unofficially P 16 after running fifth or sixth, the majority of the race, the stagger opened up badly and restarts on the top. Didn't help out our really loose. iracing number 53, still an awesome weekend. Thanks to
2: everyone. Yeah, it is pretty neat seeing him get to do it in uh real life, but it sounds like he sounded like he wasn't particularly happy with the setup. Uh, I can tell you, though, some, some of us who have been happy with a lot of our setups lately have been those of us who are using our setups from Schoolyard. Uh, if you're struggling to crawl into the top 10 road to pro, always in the back of the Xfinity series or can't find that extra 10th to compete for wins in the NASCAR iRacing series, all you got to do is visit Schoolyard Setup to get a race-ready setups for the NASCAR A, B, and C series each week. Enter the referral code LOUNGE with a capital L, When you sign up and let them know you heard about it from iRacers Lounge podcast. Don't get bullied around on the racetrack again. Get your set today at schoolyardsetups.com. All right. I got an email from a listener, Jeff Marvel,
0: a friend of the podcast. He uh, has fast track sim racing league. It's Mondays 9 p.m. Eastern. It's the cup cars open setups, and it's the full NASCAR NIS schedule with 50% length races. Uh, with tire limits and there's playoffs, they're looking for a title sponsor, uh, so they can have some payout for the drivers. The season starts Monday, February 15th. Interesting. That'll give us something to do on Monday, a good uh, practice race, maybe so to speak.
1: Yeah. So it, it sounds like it follows the, uh, NIS schedule. So you would get that race in early in the week, I think, Right. Uh, have the rest, have the rest of the week to, uh, to run your NIS, um. So uh, he's looking for over two thousand i ratings and A licenses. So it should be mostly really good drivers. So uh, I think it sounds like a good
0: league. Yeah, check it out. Um, it's called Fast Track Sim Racing, and they do have a Facebook page uh, with that name.
2: I've always said the the best practice in iRacing racing is to race. You get familiar with the track, and then and then hit it. Unless until you, unless you're hitting it, you know where you're doing the pro setup work. Uh, but if you're if you're a youngin', when it comes to the experience, as far as on the track, the best practice is just get in there and run run laps with race conditions. Right,
0: and that's what you were doing a lot in the season. You were running on Monday or Tuesday night, a open, right?
2: Yeah, that's that's the that's what I do with all of them. I. You just, you know, broken record, but you don't know what you have until you see it against another person starting on the same lap in race conditions.
1: Yeah, like uh, the AI racing is nice for that kind of thing, but um, there's really no substitute for being in there with actual real people.
2: Uh, Speaking of kind of practicing, we're doing things a little bit in reverse nowadays with iRacing. We've heard about them helping with track designs or helping restore but now they're getting to put the car on the track before it's completely out there in real life. Um, Kevin Bobbin announced it. They have an early release of the BMW M4 GT3. And it's literally a pre-release of that car, which is going to be available. It's made available to iRacing members uh, in a, a few weeks after the Season 1 build. And it's going to replace, I guess, or succeed the Z4 GT3. As, another, as the second BMW to join the GT3. So I guess they'll both be on there. Uh, and we, you know, I spoke. I guess I sort of misspoke when they said, or they've changed their mind. They said recently they weren't going to work on GT3s, GT3s for a while, but here it is. And um, it's probably on the script later, but this comes with a wheel from Fanatec that can actually go in the real car. Yeah, I think
0: we saw the wheel announcement first, and then we saw the car announcement. And uh, it's interesting that, and and this week, we're going to talk a lot about changes in iRacing from how it traditionally works. This is different. I mean, where you, you know, the manufacturer, hey, they want to build hype for the car coming out. Hey, let's get it to iRacing first. Let's let them build it. Let's let them hype it. And then we'll release it, you know, later. I love the idea.
1: So I, I guess this car is going to make its debut at Daytona. Would that be right,
2: David? The 24, I would assume, yeah. Um I think so the th- the only thing is yeah they were they put the BMW I believe in the, in the uh, M series now uh and they've repl- they've they've taken the Merc and the in the uh, Audi out for now so yeah it should it should be running but right now they can still only run two GT3 cars as long as that seven car limit remains in place
0: So this is the M4 and the Z4 is going legacy car And so I was thinking that's the fastest a car has gone legacy that I can remember. When was it released? It was not maybe a year. I don't know. It hasn't been that old. The the BMW is not that old. And so I'm just like, wow, it's already a legacy car. But I guess if, you know, the manufacturer wants it updated to this model, then that's what we're going to do.
1: And, um, it's kind of a thing with that racing now that actually bringing content to the to the to the sim before it's actually hits real world you know we saw that um, with the uh, testing of the Daytona Chicane and the testing with the uh, new Auto Club configuration so uh, you know that Auto Club could be out way before the NASCAR cars actually race on it
2: right i even heard recently that they they won't be surprised if there's a a dirt oval that happens in say, NIS down the road. They've already, some of the develop, you know, some of the employees already hinted on their show that they, they expect that to happen. I expect Bristol dirt. It's on the schedule. Yeah. And that, that'll be important with some other changes that we may have already talked about, but yeah, the changes with the I rating system per track. Yep.
0: Uh, Next up, uh, Cedar Lake Speedway was uh, announced, and um, they dropped an introduction video uh, this week on YouTube to the newest oval dirt track. It's a three eighths of a mile in New Richmond, Wisconsin. It was d- constructed in 1956, and it hosts a weekly NASCAR racing program. Late models, modified superstocks, Midwest modifieds, and have seen such drivers as Kenny Wallace, Tony Stewart, Travis Quapple, Greg Biffle, Sterling Marlin. And Paul Menard race at that track and uh, pretty cool looking track. And they did tease it. We talked about it last week, they teased it with the white uh, uh, tires.
1: Yeah, that's right. And um, if you remember from the um, World Outlaw segment, this track is going to be added in two weeks to that season. So uh, if you don't have it yet, you'll, uh, you'll see, it, uh, see it live in the, uh, as the Outlaws take, uh, take hold of that track. Uh three is a good sized track, I think, for these uh, outlaw cars. Um, you know, it's not so big that uh, it's like real draft dependent and stuff like that. Uh so I, I expect to see some good racing at this track. Um so yeah, it's uh it should should be a nice addition. It's glad to I'm glad to see that they're continuing to update their oval uh dirt series and their uh and their track content.
2: It Definitely uh-huh. looks too groove. It's definitely a young part of the service, right?
0: Yeah. Yes.
2: Continuing on the new content train, we have several new rallycross configurations. They've added to two existing tracks. We have Brands Hatch and Charlotte Motor Speedway. And the Brands Hatch one combines the new and the old, mixing the original 80s, 90s, turn one with some newer ideas in the Grand Ham Hill bin as well as a dirt joker inside the McLaren-Clark Curve. Charlotte, it's raced in the interior roval area with areas of dirt-covered asphalt and a quick off-road area bridging the two sections of the track.
0: I don't think I have Brian's Hatch, but um, yeah, I'm looking forward to Charlotte, though.
2: Yeah, Brand's Hatch has run in a lot of IMSA and Le Mans races, or European Series races.
1: So I haven't checked myself yet, but I'm assuming... Did these rallycross tracks have just been added to the to those tracks? If you already own them,
2: yeah, they're just configurations added to the tracks. Yep. I'll take a look actually while while you take the uh, while you tell us about a champion, Brian.
1: Yeah. So uh, the rallycross championship has come to a conclusion, and congratulations to Johan Harth. He uh, races for the Apex Racing team, and he is your 2020 iRacing Rallycross World Championship. So, uh, yeah, so congratulations to Johan. Um, he's uh, his uh, teammate, and I didn't catch his name, but he actually, his teammate finished second in that uh, series. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, quite a good season for Apex Racing Team.
0: Yeah, I I work Saturday morning, so I don't get to watch this one. But, um, yeah, congratulations to Johan. Uh, other dirt uh, news, uh, Greg Hill announced in the forums this week, uh, that in a few short months, um, they're going to continue the dirt road expansion with Barcelona Rallycross. So, uh, cool, a rally at Barcelona, Spain.
2: I guess if you take a look at the test message on, on the interface, you can see uh, Rallycross is a config now for Charlotte Motor Speedway.
1: Okay, that's awesome. So, yeah, so it uh, looks like they're really uh, getting uh, heavy into the Rallycross, too. Um, I remember a couple of weeks ago, we had a story where um, I think it was Greg West was saying that they're testing out new new configurations and things for uh, Rallycross and that they've uh, all have been passing the uh, fun factor so that they were, uh, you know, in production. So it looks like Barcelona is going to be the next one coming up.
0: Okay. I got this one. An email from a listener, po- uh, podcast listener, Dennis Pearl. Uh, let us know about Knockhill uh, Raceway because we didn't know about it last week. Uh, he said he's a European road racer here. Love the pod. You converted me to turning left. Just to say you're going to love Knock Hill. It's small, twisty. Think about Lime Rock. Great for skippies and GT3 pileups. Loved in Scottish motorsport. Everyone, yes, everyone who races there has history at the track. Uh, was the best thing on Project Cars 2 in the Formula Rookie. The Euro circuits are massive news here, uh, even more so that the, than the imaginary oval.
2: That sounds, yes. sounds pretty neat. The, uh, you know, Lime Rock is basically almost a short track of, of, of iRacing. Now I know some of the rookie road courses are really short too, but I haven't been over there in a long time. Uh, but yeah, Lime Rock, Lime Rock is definitely fun. So I, I probably will at some point we'll get to run this.
1: Yeah, if you guys remember last week, we had a story where um, where they announced that there's going to be four premier uh, road courses in the uh, European road courses added to the service. And uh, this was one of them. So uh, we appreciate hearing from you, uh, Dennis, about that track in Scotland.
2: And thank you for the tip on my uh, my accidental substitution there uh, every time on the track name for uh, number green. Nuremberg instead of what? Nuremberg. I was, you know, um, get, getting my historical names twisted. You know. Okay. Next up, uh, new tire model on the IndyCar,
0: and oh, uh, multiple tire compounds. And so we got a video they put out of the uh, car, re- you know, getting wrecked, and as it went by, you could see the red side uh, sidewalls which indicate the uh, multiple tire compounds. So a bit of a tease there for sure. Yeah, it was just a
1: short, quick video of, of, uh, of uh, IndyCar. Uh, I guess it's the IRL, uh, the new ones, right? With the uh, windscreen on it, I think it was. Right, right? With,
0: with the windscreen. Um, IRO5, I think they call it, or something. Or 18, I thought it was
1: 18 Yeah, 18. So yeah, it just comes around the corner at the new Long Beach track slams the wall parts come flying off which it doesn't do right now so you know that they've been working on the damage model for the uh cars. so that's cool and the red letting, lettering on the tire uh is not something that they have right now either which indicates yeah some new uh tire compound options which they've also
0: been hinting about for the past couple months throughout the week we got all these teasers and and build up Man, this is a big 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 build. And in fact, I I telling the team today, there has never been more activity on the forums than there is in the last 2 days. Never. I mean, it's at a peak that we've never seen. And so, there is a lot of activity going on. So, let's jump to the next one. Another Delara the IRO one. And, I, you know, and I, as as you could just tell, I'm confused by the model numbers of the Dolaras and stuff. So, when they first said this, I'm thinking it's an Indy car, you know. But guess what? This is a fantasy car, guys. And at first, when I heard that iRacing has made their own car that is not on a racetrack, that's never been raced, that they built up from scratch, you know, virtually, I kind of rubbed me the wrong way because this is not what iRacing is all about. We're supposed to scan existing stuff and race it. And this is kind of the opposite of that. It's kind of like, you know, are we going to be a set of Corsa, you know, or something like that? And I don't know. Uh, eventually it grew on me, but uh, initially I, I had a bad reaction to it. What was your initial reaction?
2: It excites me. And I don't think it compares us to a set of Corsa because the difference between the set of Corsa and iRacing is not just uh, how they acquire the data. It's the, it's how they, how the pickup racing happens, right? The organization and the protest system, you know, you, you end up in a random server with a jerk and a set of Corsa and you have no recourse.
1: Yeah, um, I was kind of confused by this when it first came out, you know, uh, and when I, when I learned that it wasn't a car that actually existed and watched the video. I was actually really intrigued by um, the amount of development that went into this car. This wasn't just something that some software programmer just uh, designed up in his head. They went to Delara and um, basically told him to build this car from the ground up, but just not produce it. So, you know, as far as the specs go and the design and the testing, that's all been done just like they would any other car that they design, but just hasn't been built. It's just been dropped into the iRacing service. So uh, is it a fantasy car? Yeah, because yeah, it doesn't exist in real life where you can touch it and drive it. But as far as the construction of it is, it seems like they went through the same processes they go through building any and testing any car that they do produce. So I kind of almost think it's like almost like a hybrid of between reality and fantasy, you I think, know, uh, I think
2: I a better I know if, word might actually be concept car.
1: Yeah, that's a good, good word for it too. It's a, cause, uh, you, you can imagine that they have all the information right there just to create this car out of, uh, you know out of nothing and uh, all the information for it is basically already been uh created so it's it's a different way to build this uh this vehicle um and uh you know it has and uh, we'll go over some uh, comments from people that have posted on it but it it gives iRacing racing some uh control over their product and um uh, we'll, we'll, we can go over that in some of these posts that are coming up, but it's a, it's a it's just an interesting way that they've done this. I'm not against it. Uh, I'd like to try it. Uh, I, th- I probably will buy this thing, even though I have a feeling I'm going to suck driving it.
2: <laughs> and what this does is it allows them, when there's a particular sanctioning body, that isn't interested in any kind of partnership or access. It does give them a way of, to. It gives them an alternative, I guess.
1: Right. Are you are you, are you saying they're giving the F U to F one?
0: F U to F one. There's a title idea right there. That's
2: that's our that's golden That's sold. i vote. Okay.
0: Title is sold. Okay. Well, this is a Delara. It kind of looks like an Indy car, uh, and, but it also looks like a Formula One car. And it's meant to be the top of the open wheel ring. It's a V10, 900 horsepower with low weight. And uh, it's a beautiful car. It really is. And the way this worked, iRacing hired Dallara to build it. They told them, you know, hey, what, we want a V10, I want it high horsepower, I want it to be a, a better than a Formula One car, you know, kind of thing. And then let Delara do their thing. They took the data from what they developed, handed it to back to iRacing. And from what I've read, iRacing has developed the car just like they would any other car. The only thing they didn't do was take photographs and scan of it. They have CAD of it instead. And so they took that CAD drawing and basically designed the car from that. And, and so iRacing their, their process was the same. And so they built it just like any other car. It has the same physics as all the other cars and tire model and all that.
2: And this car could be made based on the data they have as a real car.
1: Exactly. And it seems like, um, I have, again, I haven't bought it yet or tried it yet, but it seems like it's just going to be an absolute monster. Yeah. It's 900 horsepower V10. Um, it's, it's really light. Um, and it doesn't have a lot of the, uh, like super high-tech modern driving assists that formula one cars do which makes it going to be more you know even more difficult to drive and uh harder to control but it, it will it's going to take a, a high caliber of uh race car driver to make this thing go around the track quickly
2: speaking of uh race sim drivers this guy has to have the best n- name for a sim driver Back in uh, October 20th, apparently, of 2018, his name should actually be Nostradamus, but his name is Finn Sim, and he predicted that iRacing would have a car designed by Delara for iRacing that would only exist in the real world. Virtual world. or Yeah, I'm, I said it backwards, didn't I? Only exist in the virtual world. And they have a screenshot of Discord from October 20th, I guess, 2018.
0: He thinks iRacing Myers Steve Myers got the idea maybe from his Discord idea, but what brilliant! I mean, so Steve Myers said he started this in May after the coronavirus stuff, and I he kind of did it. I think so his people would have something to work on, you know, <laughs> you know, because he couldn't send them out to scan cars and tracks. So, uh, brilliant insight to kind of get the ball rolling early. So you know, it started in May and now it's December, and we have the car and um the other thing is you know we're not going to have the F1 cars they're not going to let us scan the the current years because of the the way that the competition is with the teams so this is a great workaround let's have our own championship in an open wheel series but let's just have our own car and we're the sanctioning body we don't need the F1 car our car is better
1: so so guys is this going to be the new world championship car instead of the Porsches now? Is that how that's going to work?
0: Well, maybe there's two different championships, you know?
2: Yeah, because the Porsches kind of set up along a path of sports cars. Right. You got a closed wheel, open wheel. Why not? And they are different different uh, disciplines. A lot of the same super talented guys do well with both, but I know just an amateur like me, I get around so much better in a sports car than I do in an Indy car. Did, you know, it. they
0: used to use the world championship open wheel, you know, the old F1 car for that, you know, mm-hmm. for years with Gregor Hutu winning and all that. Then they moved to Porsche, but they really didn't have a proper open wheel car for a championship. Now they do. So, I mean, that's what this is for.
2: Well, that McLaren has also had quite a bit of upgrades, yeah?
0: Yeah, it did. They they did some stuff to it. What about some of the reactions uh, from the community, Brian?
2: Yeah, so I was
1: mentioning this Earlier, some of the reactions. This one is from Rob Crouch. He posted that uh, decoupling the top tier open wheeler from a real life series is very smart. That's his opinion. So uh, he says that the the side the sidesteps the issues where we've seen in the past where the title sponsor gets bored, or the real series folds or cancels the contract and works with another company to create a competing uh, competing product. It also removes the pressure of having to update the car on a timetable that is complete. Completely outside of iRacing's control. I noticed there's no branding on the tire, so they've got that rain there too. So um, the, Rob's uh, position is that you know iRacing gets to take some control as to how these series develop in the future whereas you know if if a series like the bmw that we just talked about this car you know they might have spent a lot of time um developing this uh, bmw car and two years later there's a new new model that's out so the old one goes into legacy and uh, they don't have to worry about this when they have this kind of control so that was rob's uh rob's point of view and that he makes some good points
0: Yeah, and then Bino, who's also from Australia, Bino Van Rensburg, he put up, uh, Hey, this is a motorsport simulation after all. Very glad iRacing has the balls and vision to move in this direction. Why is it that we think real-life motorsport should be driving innovation and simulators? I can see a time coming when it will be the opposite. iRacing has taken that first step. Well done. Often in the business world, it takes courage to be creative, to be different. With many naysayers along the way, some won't like it, what you're doing here. That's okay. Many more, however, appreciate the effort. Well,
1: he makes another great point, too, where, like, i iRacing might be taken. Uh, you know, iRacing is basically might be taking some of these uh sanctioning committees out of out of their uh service you know if if, would that would that aggravate or anger some of the people they might have uh uh partnerships with
0: well that was one of my reactions when i first heard about this was what does our partnership with indycar look like after this car announcement i mean if i was the indycar sanctioning body and iRacing racing this car. I don't know if I would be very happy about it. You well, know, you went went behind my back, you went to Delara, you built a a super indie car that's better than what we have and It's yeah.
2: But it's not an indie car. It's it's a it's a formula car. and here here's here's what really clarifies that. Greg West did confirm that it's not designed to race on ovals. It's for road courses only. It doesn't mean you can't try, but this is a this is a europe European or worldwide f one replacement. This is what this is. They probably have talked to to Indy about it. um and they this is not anything against any of the curtain partnerships. This is with about a body that they have not been able to establish a partnership with
1: yeah i think you're dead on there uh dave because i think the whole point of greg coming out and saying it's not designed to race on ovals is them you know separating themselves from it being an IndyCar car replacement
2: yeah because i mean in ovals IndyCars, cars and ovals it's i don't know Indy history as well as i know cup car history or or you know stock car history but that and ovals have been a part of IndyCar car as long as road if i'm not mistaken
0: lots of buzz and discussion about the whole idea of the fantasy car um, Casey Corwin put up a nice Twitter that kind of summed up what we were seeing in those discussions uh, I'm gonna kind of read this this uh, what he posted here it's SpongeBob um, cartoon like and it says does it look like a race car Patrick and he says yep and it dry and it was developed by Delara he says yep so it would be considered a race car yep So buy it, but it's a fantasy car. Yeah, there were a lot of people in the forums that said they weren't going to buy this car because it wasn't real. Yeah, that's
2: up to them.
1: Yeah, and uh, I think if uh, this thing takes off and they start uh, having a big money championship series like they do in Coke and uh, the Porsches, I think people are going to pick it up.
0: Okay, so that's the headliner uh, for the build. So let's jump into the release notes uh, for season one. Um, So it was the Dallara car we've been talking about. We have the two dirt modifieds. We talked about that last week. There's two classes. The Lamborghini uh, was confirmed by the release notes. I don't think they confirmed it ever on social media or any uh, any point before the release notes. And so when I opened up the release notes and I saw the word Lamborghini, uh, that was the first time I saw it.
2: We also had – we've talked about some of these. We've talked about the new courses, uh, and we've talked about some of the new cars. They've added a 3D car viewer, and we'll, we're going to get into a little bit deeper the cross-license racing here in a minute.
0: The 3D yeah, um, car that, viewer had a lot of excitement on our team.
1: Yeah, I thought it was really cool. I was, And, and um, it brings up your um, – your trading paints model of the car too it doesn't bring up like a generic or or you know yeah yeah if you check it out um i looked up my arca car and uh did a 3d view of it and it 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 showed it with my uh, trading paints paint on it
2: including the spec map and so it's it's handy for when you're painting it uh if you like to use a lot of the reflectives Spec maps. It you still might eventually want to take a look at it in on a race where the sun is a lot brighter and more localized. It tends to be a not a t- particularly sunny look, but it I, I fixed a couple of cars for Adam just yesterday using the 3D model. It was pretty and it was very handy. And yeah, I don't the, I don't own the super late model yet.
1: The the rendering on that is is very high detail too. It's it's really nice looking
0: so i'm not much of a painter but basically it changes the workflow because before you would do change make your changes on the paint then you'd have to you know put it in a folder and then you'd have to launch the sim and then you'd have to wait for it to launch and then you could screenshot after that right
2: yeah but you could once you were in the sim you could refresh regularly as you made changes uh but if you wanted to look around the car, the the rotation around the car is a little bit more cumbersome. This is a little bit easier to to look around the car when you're basically just trying to check your alignment on putting in logos, stickers, and so on. Um, we added a jump to Irwindale Speedway, and just like I heard the guys talk about it on on one of our one of the, our colleague shows, you're not necessarily always going to clear the. Uh, the intersection, and that's kind of by design, partially because if you jump any farther, then you can't make the, the next turn.
0: So it's not rally cross, it's just add a jump to the
2: figure eight? It's, it's just a new configuration yep. for Arendelle. Yep. Yeah,
0: okay. there's no
1: dirt or anything, it's still figure eight, it's just a jump leading up to one of the intersections, or the intersection.
0: We got uh, new AI uh, for four different vehicles and two tracks, there were tire updates on many cars, Um let's talk briefly about that um there's no v8 tire there's no v7 tire there's nothing specific really about the tire changes they mentioned so they told us this before they weren't going to you know tell us specifics about the tires anymore and it seems like that's the case they're just saying hey these cars have been updated that's pretty much it
2: yeah the tire system basically runs off of uh simulating materials and construction style now so they can change it for each car.
1: So does that mean as they update the tire, there's not like one big release of a new version? It's just updates, updates, updates. Per car, uh, yeah. There's,
2: yeah. A, there's a physics system for every tire, but then each tire has its own parameters as far as w- w- basically the f- the f- in. what's in the tire. Uh,
0: wall arrow effects. So, like, if you get a stock car up against the wall, you might feel a the cushion of air, as they call it. Um, I thought I felt that last night in Dover, uh, just briefly. Um, if you line up just straight with the wall and you're about two inches off of it, you, it feels a little bit different in the wheel. That's the only thing that's different. It's don't don't think it's gonna it's gonna be like a cushion that keeps you off the wall. It doesn't work like that.
2: I don't know if we'll get to it today or not, but I did uh, come across a tweet from Raja Carruth. He was testing it out at some, some rim riding tracks uh, and could tell a little bit of difference. Uh, he specifically noted that the right front tire is not getting as hot now when you're running in the outer lanes.
0: I saw that too. It's a homestead. Yeah, we do have that on our script. Uh, what else there? They had some night lighting improvements, a Russian spotter pack, and then obviously the uh, new indie the car, the multiple tire compound, the new damage model. Uh what else do you guys see in the in the release notes we need to talk about?
2: Uh we kind of stepped over there's more custom com- custom competitive setups. Uh I'm I'm sure a lot of that's coming from Tanner. who who was one of their recent employment acquisitions. He was giving out a lot of free setups uh, that were really quality and also helping people work on their setups. And uh, now he's basically providing those through iRacing.
0: And Mike Watson is one of their uh, setup people and um, Christian Challoner. And there's others, too. And they really have put out a lot of setups. In the forums, you'll actually see... Uh, discussions that they've started this uh, in the last couple of days. Uh, all these different uh, setup guys on in each of the forums, like the B car forum, they're trying to get a discussion about setups. So people will give him feedback about what they're feeling and he'll make adjustments.
2: Yep. Now, the big, I think, the biggest part of this patch, other than you know that, that it is a lot of new concept, content, especially on the roadside this year. Is um, the changing in the license system refresh my memory? Did we dive into this deep last week?
0: Pretty much. I mean, basically, like NIS. If you're running road course, it's gonna, you're gonna be put in a split based on your road I rating.
2: But you still have to qualify for the series based on its primary. Uh, you stopped to discipline. be an oval C, right?
1: Um, we uh, the OBRL raced uh, Monday night at uh, the Glen and um the uh the colors on the back of your car indicating your um, licenses were based on my road license not my oval license i don't know if that has to do with that but uh, that that could that's kind of what they're getting
0: at right yeah it'll affect your well,
2: road, road sr and ir hosted sessions i don't know about league sessions but hosted sessions sometimes will if it's a road course it'll pull your your road i-rating either way because it's not an official series so i don't even know if they've ever even had an option to show for you to determine which which i-rating shows up in hosted sessions but that's effectively effectively is what's going to happen if you're a d-class road racer i mean it don't matter in the cup car because those stickers aren't on there but uh you're going to be put if you're a low i-rating road racer you're going to race against other low i-rating road racers It's going to suck for me because I've been doing really well on the LMP, but I can't drive a stock car in a road course worth a damn.
1: Me neither.
0: So uh, briefly, Tony Rochette was kind of down this week. He thought the build wasn't great for the oval racers, and he was feeling a little left out. And I think it was because the Coke Speedway got delayed. Uh, We still don't have it. I I thought maybe it was just going to delay a day or two, but apparently they're waiting for Coca-Cola to approve it, so to speak.
2: Yeah, and we, we've talked about this. For, we've addressed this before when, uh, when a load of irisers that are big, big on the roadside have complained about so much oval content and here's one of the big things that might affect the size of an oval patch or an oval content release um what is something that might typically have been held off to the release a new track a new configuration right uh the new spoiler size stages yeah stages tire limits guess what all that stuff got put on as we went Right. NASCAR, especially the A car, was if, if it changed in the series, it changed on the service that week. We aren't yeah. having to wait until the update. So we've gotten a lot of updates that balances that out some. And, yeah, you're going to have some years that are more road and more oval. And, uh, you know, I, c- I can see the balance because I run a lot of both.
0: Yeah, and you're right. They were driving a lot of change in the spring, you know, updates to the gra- uh, you know, artwork and different things. Let's keep moving. Uh, There's so much stuff this week. So we got big, big changes for the 2021 Road to Pro for eNASCAR. Todd Hudson has announced that new format uh, this week. They are moving to Thursday nights, um, and it's going to be two different rounds on Thursday nights. Why away from Tuesday? So they don't conflict with Coke. Uh, A lot of these teams have drivers in both Road to Pro and Coke and use the same support structure, support team. So I think that's to help with that.
2: That's interesting. Uh, uh, You do still have to have the A license. Uh, The round one is going to be eight races and the 35 car split size based on I rating. Round two, seven rounds in the top 70 overall in points from the first round are eligible you must maintain at least an a rating and round 2 is roster based with snake splits snake splits wow so round 1 is basically going to get you into an, a new level of pro series essentially or road to pro series you got to make the top 70 and then you get to run against just those top 70 for the rest of the year I'd call
0: it the playoffs, round two. Maybe we call it the playoffs or something. but
2: It's sort of like a playoffs or it's almost like it a, is. a minor league pro. Call it semi-pro.
0: So feedback on this has been great. I mean, we've always talked about snake splits uh, on this show. Uh, lots of people wanting the road to pro to go back to snake splits. Apparently they did it at some point in the past, a long ago. But they haven't for a long time. I think this is a, a perfect blend of the way iRacing wanted to do it, based on iRating, and and what the community wanted to do, based on snake splits.
2: Well, I think the snake split would be kind of wackadoo if in a wide open, you know, 800 people register type situation, but it's a lot more logical and controllable and predictable in a uh, in a just your 70 cars already selected type situation.
0: Exactly. So round one it whittles them down to the best 70, right? And, and that's the whole point. It, it takes that 800 and whittles them down to 70. And we know those 70 are going to be quality. And if any of those 70 make it, that's okay. They, they can be a Coke driver. Um, or they can make it to the road. I mean, uh, the pro series, I should say, uh, to try to qualify for Coke. But um, I love it. I Again, the snake split. So there's going to be 70 drivers. They split to two races, 35 each. So the best I rating goes into... A race A, the second best goes into race B, the third best into A, and so forth. And they just alternate uh, as they go down the I-rating list.
2: And as you start to get into the serious part of the season, you're not going to have to worry about some ringer who just comes in and has a good I-rating but hasn't been really running and doesn't care and just comes in very uh, Leroy Jenkins, right?
0: We, We just recently talked about the hey, you could be in the second split of Road to Pro and and run top five and make it rather than be in top split. So they were saying, well, people would tank their I-rating and this and that. All, it takes all that out the window. It, you just got to get to the top 70 and you have a chance. Yeah, No um, matter what your I-rating is.
1: Yeah, the snake split reminds me a lot of how they do heat races in the dirt. Tur- third cars you know you do uh, you do a qualifying one through 30 or whatever and then you know the first place finish occurs heat one second place heat two and uh, so forth so uh, i think that i think that does the combination of the two kind of does uh settles the uh the concerns of sides of the issue
2: and what well, is well, it all about in the long run yes
1: Sp- yeah you you go through the pros you go through uh Coke, and then if you just come out on top, uh, you get a big, big old honking uh, tr- trophy cup. And Nick o- Nick Ottinger, who uh, who won this year's uh, Coke Series, he uh, tweeted out a picture of his new championship cup, which is a uh, which is a great looking cup. It looks like a the Holy Grail, if you ask me. Um, but it's it's a fantastic looking uh, championship trophy that he and it's and it's very well deserved by Nick Ottinger.
0: Wow, it's a beauty too. I mean, it looks like you would if you won an actual cup race what you would win you know at one of these tracks it looks like a proper trophy. I love it uh he also put up a picture of his other trophies his uh he run uh third place third place in the championship, and then of course his first place but uh last spring uh dover uh actually sent him a uh, monster of the miles trophy when he won the virtual dover coke race and so i almost like his uh his monster miles uh trophy better than the championship one i
2: bet you <laughs> yeah, he, i bet you cool. he doesn't agree with you
0: you <laughs> might like it better but he just doesn't want it as
1: much so speaking of wanting things how about uh does anybody want a uh a, a nice uh, Huskenveld sign, uh, Timothy Roman. He uh, is selling a mint-condition neon Huskenveld sign, and uh, that you can that you can buy for yourself. Uh, so, if you uh, are interested, he asks you to send your bids uh, via PM, and uh, the buyer is going to pay the shipping if you if you uh, wind up picking this thing up. He ships out of Belgium, is where he's located.
0: Wow, this thing is cool, man. Three or four feet long, probably. And uh, Heiskenveld in uh, kind of a a bright blue and then a big O-H in red in front of it. Uh, obviously, in the fonts that he uses on the Heiskenveld logo. Uh, I've never seen such a thing where you have a sim product in, uh, created into a, a neon sign. Uh, now I'm thinking I need a iRacers Lounge neon sign. There you go.
1: Uh, if you if you're in the United States and you buy this thing, you might want to think about the uh, the electric uh, hookup with it because it looks like one of those funky European plugs. There.
0: Okay, I got this one. Um, a quick uh, reminder of what the minimum I rating is for each division. Uh, somebody, uh, Jake Joe Hanson, put up the list. Uh, from my memory, this sounds about right, but um, and I don't think it's an exact, but this is pretty much where it is. He says. For Division 1, you're 3500 or more. If Division II, 2, 2283 Division 3, 1713 Division 4, 1440 5, 1278
2: Division 6, 1130 7, 927 And so on. So, this isn't, there's no actual official minimum. It's, uh, it's just divided into ten divisions and these are where they where it happens to statistically fall and right. on a, on average those numbers might creep up because there's more i rating points available but at the same time that means there's a lot more people with less i rating so it it's these are just what the minimums happen to roughly be today yeah
0: and i I'm kind of a bit on the so cusp this is division two to
2: division one so I know that number's right
1: so is is this referring just to uh cup cars.
2: No, this is uh, roadside as well.
0: Okay, I got gotcha. you.
2: Right, because I was division two this year, and I think I started the season at twenty six or twenty seven hundred
0: something. Yeah. So, if you want to get a certain division before the start of the season, this is uh, this is how you make a goal and try to get to it. Okay. Try to get figure out where you need to be. So it's thirty five hundred or more, basically.
2: Well, Mike, do you spent a lot of time uh, tweaking our setups. Oh, you have to be in practice for that, don't you? Yeah, I don't.
0: But I did see this thing from Keegan. Uh, He put up something pretty handy. It's like a cheat sheet uh, from VRS, and it's for the uh, A Cup car. It's free on their website. It's a PDF kind of look to it, but uh, it tells you, you know, basically what what to do, and you know, if you're having a problem with the entry or the center. Or early exit or something, and it and it gives you a list of of things you can do. It's like a one page you know printout kind of thing.
2: Yeah, and these are very handy if you feel comfortable adjusting a set. Uh, I still don't feel comfortable building one from scratch, but I definitely have learned to make it as loose or tight as I like, particularly in the middle of the corner so, uh, um, and it's usually a little bit simpler than this even. but yeah, this is good information.
1: Yeah, that, that's a good point because um, if you remember, there, uh, iRacing is putting out those uh, setups that are, you know, supposedly uh, top tier setups. Um, but you can use it and uh, use the sheet to customize it to your liking. You know, if you if you like a car that's a little looser, then uh, this will show you how to tweak a, a good setup to maybe uh, fit it to your um, driving style or to get more speed out of it.
0: Yeah, and uh, Keegan indicated that they're gonna do this for other cars as well. And so uh, you have to go to their website and put in your name and email to, to be able to download it, I
2: guess. And we had talked about recently the, you know, that they are incorporating setups from the community as, and as they try to, I guess, try to compete with, in a way, with the people who are selling setups. Um, the frequently requested setups by Mike Budzine, Boudzine, and Corey Cal Lewis are now going to be included as the default setups for the Pro Two trucks.
0: Yeah, those guys are killing it in the Pro Twos, and so those are the those are the guys that win all the time. So yeah, why not use their sets? It's perfect. You know, if iRacing doesn't have a staff member that is, you know up to speed in the pro two trucks yeah go to the community get the right guy to do it and that's exactly what they've done and you'll see though like i mentioned some of the names mike watson christian shawner um tanner mccullough those guys are doing setups for iRacing, but they're not doing all of the setups and so there are some series like this one i think the sprint car series that i run they're getting the setups from one of the drivers as well uh brian next is credit time
1: yeah so um so if you happen to have owned the uh long beach tech track that uh has been uh was out before this new uh fully uh detailed uh long beach you will get a five dollar credit for the build so whoever owned a long beach tech track will get a five dollar credit can apply it to this finished track or anything else they'd like. So you'll get a $5 credit if you have the Long Beach Tech Track, which you can use towards repurchasing, I guess, the new uh, high detail, new uh, Long Beach te- uh, full track. Or you can use it for something else. If you don't, if you didn't use to run Long Beach or and you want to do something else, it's $5 you can use towards something else too. And I imagine you still keep the Tech Track as well.
0: I never had the Tech Track, but I did get $10 credit for participation. I thought that was cool. Season one schedule was announced, of course, this week, um, with season one starting next week. A couple keynotes. Um, they have placeholders in place for the new tracks, the Long Beach and Cedar Lake. Don't be confused. Um, there are the two new Dirt Oval series the iRacing 358 Modified, which is a Dirt Oval D, and the Big Block, which is Dirt Oval C. And the new Delara, which is going to be road C license class, a lot of people were kind of like, "Wait, there's going to be a C on that brand new top of the line open wheel formula car?" But yeah, I think it's to start with, and that they're going to reevaluate later. I think is what Greg West was going to say, and make that maybe an A license later on down the road.
1: Yeah, I, I was really shocked to see that that uh, that that um, the new the lara ir1 is a c license but i guess it is uh, to open it up to as many people as it possibly can and uh yeah i think they'll probably will reevaluate it especially if this thing starts if uh, they start doing a world championship uh, uh race for it I,
0: I don't think we mentioned about the car that it doesn't have all the fancy stuff that some of these other cars have the kurs system and the drs and the and the push to pass and the weight jacker and all this other crap it doesn't have any of that it doesn't have any driver aids as they call it you just get in the damn thing and drive it that's real appealing to me because those other cars are very intimidating because i don't know how to manage all that stuff
1: yeah that's a good point mike and i kind of i kind of saw that that new car as like a you know the the lotuses that they have from the old uh, grand prix legends cars almost like a, a modern version of that you know they didn't add all the uh, high-tech stuff to it they just beefed it up to and uh, aerodynamic it the way uh, the new cars are designed aerodynamically but they kept it as a similar us uh, driving style as like those old lotuses from grand prix legends
2: so you I think we talked about it last week that iRacing actually put up invisible walls around the fountain at the at the new uh, track here at Long Beach, or we may have just covered it as as we were getting ready for this show. Uh, but even with those invisible walls, uh, this driver has Bo Albert or Atbo Albert 06, he has managed to put a, I guess a formula car, either that or the IR. It's got red trim on the tires, so it might be one of the Indy cars, but he's got, he got it in the fountain and has a picture on this. And this came out the day of the build.
0: He's got the Indy car upside down, underwater, uh, with the back end of the car sticking up out of the fountain. Uh, My question is, how do you get it up in the air and get it down into the fountain like that? I mean, there's nowhere to jump the car I'm a little confused.
1: He might have had some help, I guess. Uh, you know, another car, Maybe he, a car he hit used, him, yeah. he used as a ramp, yeah. But that's pretty impressive, though.
2: I mean, it, it's hilarious and it's impressive, but I don't know. When when the build comes out, it's just not the first thing I think I want to go try.
1: I'm surprised that that section is, even has any kind of model in it at all, you know? Like if no. you go off a track and it just zips you back into, uh, into your pit stall. But yeah, that's pretty cool.
2: Now, the Halo saved a Formula One racer's life a couple of weeks ago, but probably the windscreen won't do much good here against the water. Okay.
0: Yeah, no oxygen tank on his suit, I don't think. That reminds me, there was a movie once about IndyCar racing where one of the cars went underwater and the other driver had to go drag the guy out of the swamp. But anyway, I digress. Uh, Next up super dirt car series big block uh so the super dirt car series the actual super dirt car series they put up on twitter hey uh we're happy to have uh, the big blocks on iRacing. racing um here we go and they put out a tweet that basically uh, gave some tips on how to run this car
1: yeah um you wonder if they're um kind of uh trying to get in the uh in the iRacing, like uh, the Nas Energy World Outlaws or the uh, Morton Building Late Model as a as a title sponsor for a championship series for the big blocks.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'd like to see it. Why not? But uh, they had, uh, they put up, you know, it's nice to see them interacting. I don't know if they're part of this, you know, the iRacing part of it or not, but it'd be cool if they build up into something.
2: Oh, where are we on the script? I, Long yeah, Beach you, you comparison? just, fit. we are. I just wanted to make sure I didn't jump ahead of you because I was going to make one of my bad transitions. Uh, this next video is actually really cool, and I was I was just checking it out as you guys were talking dirt. Uh, Long Beach Comparisons. And what we have here is a, a screenshot of the original Tech Track and then a screenshot with all the finishing artwork. Then a video where half the screen is showing a Corvette run a lap with the Tech Track And there's a dividing line split screen right in the middle of the car. On one side, you see the tech track and basically just desert. And on the other side, you see all the artwork added.
0: Yeah, it's fascinating video. I mean, the screenshots are pretty cool, too. They're like from way above like a blimp shot uh, from the same perspective. And boy, what a difference it makes to add the artwork um, night and day.
1: Yeah. I don't know how he did that video side by side with the left side of the screen being the tech track and the right being the uh, being the new track because it's you know it's not two separate runs on the tracks because it's identical you know he's not like missing a curve by a little bit and and you can see the difference that's it so I wonder how he did that that's pretty
0: cool some fancy editing for sure
2: you can in just. Actually, I don't know if this is this guy a staff member or just a random member. Oh, this is some I don't streamer. think he's staff. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, my then i need to ask him, but I'm going to speculate that he took the replay before doing the update, and then used the same replay after the update, and it loaded the new version of the track. Good point.
1: Yeah, that could have been it. Yeah. Good. Good call. So. uh greg west posted that they have added setups that should allow racers to be top split competitive so we talked about this a little bit before but so they're really putting in uh, a lot of different cars that are getting tops top split competitive setups in there so uh but he also noted that while different drivers have different styles each setup built also now now allows uh to take full advantage of the notes tab on the setup menu to give recommended adjustments if you're looking for specific behavior changes so uh so yeah so if if you load up one of these top split uh setups and uh you want to uh change something based on the way you you drive a particular car the notes tab will give you recommendations of how to make adjustments to get it to where you you like it uh as a specific driver which is really cool
0: I'm glad they point that out because I totally forget about the notes tab. I think I've never used it on my setup, so I just I forget it's there. You know,
2: I don't do enough changes to um, not be able to keep track of them in my head each week.
1: Yeah, but um, that's true. But you know, it's it's nice to have it there if you just need to make some tweaks to what setups they're giving you.
0: He uh, put out a list of all the cars that they've done this for. It's quite a list, um, a lot of open, uh, a lot of oval cars, not all of them, but and some road. Um, pretty cool. Next, let's jump into what actually changed in the NASCAR uh, world for this build. And, um, you know, Christian Challenger gave us some specifics in the forums. I'm going to go through some of those. Uh, there were small cha- changes to all the tires on the 1.5 mile and short track and road course which will result in changes to static ride heights this is why your sets will fail typically um, the the uh, right side tires were given a more significant update which addresses at or near the limit behavior there was increase in aerodynamic traffic effects which means more arrow push when following and more arrow loose when leading. They updated the arrow model to include the wall effects. We talked about that. There was a change to the RC rear toe limits to allow for more toe in and symmetrical toe settings on the rear axle. And now, coil binding, the right rear, is now available at all tracks when using a 350 pound per inch or lower right rear spring. So, we got coil binding back.
2: It looks, like, there's, it looks yep. like they're starting to really work on the arrow aspect of this car, which is one of the things we don't have to deal with, with as much as the real life guys. Because, uh, in fact, one of the f- very first follow-up questions is, is it going to make the highline more effective at your typically known for highline tracks? Also, it asks if you can mess around with the air around people to make them lose their type. And the answer from one of the guys is, yeah, uh, it might get to where you can block with the air uh, just by like Lugano and Harvick did at Texas. But this is what happens in the sim or I mean in real life. So
1: I guess, I guess the question is, um, you know, so many people are complaining about the way there's cup cars race in real life. Do you want to, do you want to keep following that or, or, uh, and wait for them to make adjustments in real life, or, or do you want to make it in the sim to where it's a better racing car?
2: Well, when you're, when you're in the sim, you want to get as close to real on the real cars as possible.
0: Yeah, we do what yeah. NASCAR does is what we need to a do. Grand, granted, yeah, yeah, I agree.
1: So that means uh, uh, NASCAR's got to get their stuff together and make a better driving car. Hopefully the next gen will, will take care of that.
0: Uh, one more year. Okay, next was the user manuals. Now, these were cool. I had no idea this was coming, but they announced uh, they have user manuals for the cars. Not all of them, but a lot of them. And uh, the website is iRacing.com backslash user manuals with a dash in between. And uh, I took a look at some of these guys, and it's impressive. I mean, it, they give it specific information about the car, like the weight, the horsepower, the the how wide is it and the the specs and all that but then they get into specifics about the setup and different things and all kinds of stuff
1: yeah it makes me wish they uh go back and do that for all the other cars because it's not available for any of the older existing cars right
0: so if they have a ever- the cup car and then the new Delara, uh, obviously yeah a
2: few go- take a i'll give you a screenshot if you don't own the car a a screenshot of the lmp1 setup pages um and i ended up just finding most of the stuff out through forums and making friends with other lmp drivers
0: so i pulled open the a car user manual and you get down into the nitty-gritty and they go through everything that you see in that setup page like the diameter the link slack, the arm asymmetry—I mean, every little thing. There's a paragraph that details what this is, what it does, and that kind of thing. And uh, you can probably learn how to do setups by maybe reading this.
1: Yeah, I was—I'm um, actually looking at the uh, the page for the uh, the new IR01 Delara car, and it's it even goes through uh, the buttons on the uh, on the uh, steering wheel and everything.
0: When I first started iRacing, I, one of the Criticisms, I guess you would say, would be there's no documentation of what to do. There's no documentation of anything. And um, this is documentation. Boy, you want documentation. Here it is. This is great.
2: Yeah, it's definitely a good step up. So we did mention it earlier. We can just kind of breeze over this topic pretty quickly. Uh, We got a video of Raja practicing uh, riding the rim at Homestead.
0: Yeah, he was getting really close to the wall. Like I said, you can kind of feel something in the steering wheel. I don't know if it makes you faster, though.
2: Well, he pointed out that it, the tire didn't get as hot. And so it, if it's not getting as hot, you're not losing as much grip and not getting as tight, which is going to improve long run speed. And what happens in real life, usually those guys that rim ride, they're not fast in the first 10 laps, but they just blast by everybody after 20 or 30.
1: And that's kind of like real life, too, with the NASCAR cars.
2: Okay, so now everybody, to,
1: everybody run.
0: Sorry. We're going to jump to this next section. A bunch of new changes for road racing. So we're going to go through this post. Uh, First, IMSA moves from C to B, which they announced earlier. The Audi R8 uh, and the Mercedes-AMG GT3 will no longer run in this series, but can still be found over in the VRS GT3 Sprint and Endurance.
2: They'll still be running like... Yeah. Like the 24-hour races that use GT3 as well, I'm sure. Right.
0: Uh, and now the the new Lamborghini uh, GT3 will join the IMSA immediately, and the new BMW M4 will join in a couple weeks.
2: They're joining, and we just mentioned it, these new cars are joining the VRS Sprint and Endurance season. Until then, the BMW will be missing from the from the series it will become a legacy product or the old z4 will become a legacy product at 295 and the
0: Delara formula ir this series will make its debut as c license um, this car will use will real race at grand prix tracks all over the world in races that are 200 kilometer in length and will feature track specific custom competitive setups. Additional details on the spec of the World Championship Series will be announced at a later date. This car is significantly more approachable than many high-level vehicles on the service, and our testing showed it should make for great racing at the C-license level.
2: And the other big change is uh, kind of along the lines with IMSA, ILMS, ELMS are both moving to Class A and getting a new brand. They're now called the European Sprint Series and European Endurance Season or Series.
0: And that's not all. Brian, what else?
1: Yeah, they they are really going hard into the GT3 classes. So uh, there's a bunch of updates. Uh, Christian Challenger uh, posted all these. By the way, is this the first post Christians has been posting since he's uh, started working there?
0: Oh no, he's very busy on the forums.
1: Okay, I got you. All but right, so he's um, he's so given a
2: lot people. of great info. It looks like he's he's definitely yeah. communicating.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. So uh, there's a, for the GT3 cars, uh, there's a new aero model. So all, all the cars now have wing wing angle settings that's adjustable between two and 10 degrees and one degree increments. Um, they updated the tire parameters for all GT3 class cars. These uh these type. Tires provide better warm-up behavior from cold along with more consistent and uh, predictable handling characteristics throughout a a long run. Uh, The suspension geometry overhauls for all the cars uh, they've up, they updated baseline setups for all the cars. So when you load the SIM, you'll find each car has seven iRacing setups available. So wow. wow. One baseline. Yeah. One baseline, three sprint and three endurance setups. Uh, all cars have adjustable brake master cylinders now for the front and rear. Um, and, uh, the BOP, the big one, uh, the one we all talk about. Uh, the cars have been through a rigorous BOP process, with a focus on aspects such as end of straightaway speed in multiple downforce configuration, rates of acceleration and deceleration, aerodynamic downforce, fuel uh, fuel rates, and uh, tire wear rates, and ultimate lap in qualifying so so a lot of changes on that and lastly if you wish to provide data to us for the BOP you may do so publicly or privately but please do so in a constructive manner so uh so yeah so you can uh, submit your own input to the of data to Christian for that
2: that's uh, pretty neat. Uh, we have a playoffs in the majors literally this weekend. In the first, it's first into the GT three cars at Mount Panorama, and so now everybody's going to be going and trying the. It's fixed setup too. Everybody's going to be trying to see which car has the the biggest advantage. I know that when we ran. Spa this year, we almost accidentally fell into a huge advantage in the McLaren because we had two less pit stops than everybody else and gained a ton of spots that way. So it'll be interesting. Uh, always new things to learn. We'll see if they killed, you know, a certain driver's style. I know I struggled with a new tire model for a while on the cup car. So that that can always happen. It ebbs and flows. Man, so much content, this build. I mean,
0: you have all these changes to the, the GT3 series. Man, that's a ton.
2: Yeah, so it is a big build. It might not be the greatest big build for ovals, like we said, but we got a lot of our stuff throughout the year.
1: I think uh, the popularity of the, the, a lot of the endurance uh, events have kind of spurred on this kind of uh, attention to the IMS uh, series.
2: Well, how many, how many people, Mike, do you see in an A-open typically? On a on a prime time night, a hundred? If if no, usually it's in usually there's two splits, maybe three for the A opens, right? right. Um, we were run, we were running spa at in the Le Mans series, and the six o'clock or, or I guess the seven o'clock or eight o'clock Eastern race was having two hundred people register, so that's a big part of the service, even in American time zone.
0: Yep. You should see it in uh, when if I look in the morning in the forums, all the Europeans are on in hosted sessions, and there are so many hosted sessions, it's crazy. Uh, anyway,
1: well, you, uh, I was going to say real quick if uh, if oval racers are um, disappointed with some of these uh, updates, maybe maybe they need to participate more or get more people to participate in them.
0: Exactly. We're only bringing seventy to a open. That's pretty sad, actually uh
1: so uh speaking of sad uh the porsche esports sprint challenge is now over so Thailand hudson announced in the forums that the porsche and i racing have made their joint decision to retire the porsche esports print sprint challenge for 2021 so uh yeah so uh if you uh if you were into that racing series it's it's going to be going away
0: that was like the one before the Porsche Championship Series. They would run the the same day or something, right?
1: Would race it before in the same broadcast? Really, right. they would do the this first and then the uh, and then the main series second, which I wouldn't mind. It. I mean, I used to, I was watching some of those races when they first started in the season, but you know, I would typically just
0: pass over this to see the main event. Really. Okay, uh, Monday night racing uh, put on Twitter. For their league on Monday nights on Podium Esports, guess what? They have uh, Dave Moody from MRN. Um, he's going to be joining and making his esports debut as a broadcaster on Podium Sports. Uh, pretty cool.
2: Yeah, that was, this was exciting, and I meant to watch it, but I kind of got home and had a lazy night Monday with with uh, not having that much interest in this the week 13 stuff that was out. Um, But yeah, he's come across and he has never been really anti-SIM racing. He's just definitely had his plate full doing, doing the real life thing. I know he hasn't actually been an eye racer like Mike Bagley has, but this is still very neat to see.
0: Yeah. Love it. I love the crossover. Uh, Also Josh Rogers won the BMW SIM live event. Who? Uh, Yeah. Josh Rogers. Remember him? World Championship? Who? Uh, Yeah, no surprise there. Uh, Congratulations to
2: Josh. Yeah, the guy dominates for sure.
1: And uh, I don't know if you watched the video, but man, he made a a two-car pass uh, to take the lead. It was actually pretty impressive.
0: In one corner, two cars, right?
1: one corner, two cars. It looks like uh, the two cars in front of him uh, might have been... uh, Missed their, miss their apexes by uh, by uh, pushing on each other a little bit, and he kind of just ran the right line and just pulled a bunch of speed coming out of the uh, set of S's, just to be right by him.
2: All right, we have a, a charity race to present. It's a special event fundraiser for the, well, it's called the Never Quit Classic 500. It's the inaugural Never Quit, and it's in memory of L. Bryce Whitson Jr., and all the money is going to be donated to be the match. It's running on January 17th at 12:15 p.m. I'm going to guess Eastern. Twenty-dollar entry fee, and it's going to all of the proceeds are going to be the Match Foundation. I'm guessing it's going to be in the 87 cars based on the poster.
0: Yeah, it doesn't say specifically, but yeah, that's what it shows. And uh, yeah, this guy um, L. Bryce Whitson Jr. I think I've actually raced this guy before, um, but apparently he did pass away. And so they're doing uh, this memory race. I, I forget who sent me this. I do apologize, but we're happy to talk about it on the show. I do
2: have some more details. Uh, we got fixed setups, 87 cars at Daytona. The signups are open, and qualifying is actually going to take place over the 11th through the 15th. There's going to be qualifying races on the 16th, so they're probably gonna be doing some duels or something along those lines. And then the classic will actually be on the 17th itself.
1: David, did this say it that it's a hundred percent five hundred mile race?
2: What? Um it's calling it the five hundred. I don't know why they would call it anything else if they didn't intend on going five hundred miles.
0: Yep, probably right. Two hundred laps, five hundred miles.
1: It's a handful in those cars for five hundred miles, right?
0: I, remember, I got embarrassed at Talladega when I got to the lead on the second line, and the, the car came around in front. Of, came around on me in front of the pack because of the arrow. These things are really hard to drive at, at Daytona and Talladega for me, anyway. It's "Never Quit Classic." They have a, a Facebook page called "Never Quit Classic Guys." So go over there and, uh, and get involved. It should be fun. Next is Podcast Housekeeping Notes. Wow. Big changes this week for iRacers Lounge podcast, guys. Um, And it's really, we have a website. We have a sponsor. So we spent some of that money and we have a website. Why? Well, for our listeners, um, for the script. So our script has always been a PDF uh, that was put on Google Drive. And people could access that and see everything that we talked about. Didn't get a lot of traffic from that. So we want to make it better. And it's better by being a website. So the script for today's show, iracerslounge.com backslash episode dash 0258. And if you go to that website, not only can you hear the podcast streamed from SoundCloud right on the site, but you can go down through the show notes and see everything that we're talking about. Um, It's going to provide the listeners a better experience. It also gives us a a chance to promote our sponsors and everything about us at Tavosi Racing. Check it out, iRacersLounge.com. I put several hours into this this week. Brian, you as well, uh, making it look pretty. And I think we got something that's really going to pop. It's very mobile friendly, uh, so you can do it right on your cell phone.
1: Yeah, if you uh, if you um, like listen to the podcast a couple days later, you can still listen to the podcast with your uh, your uh, with your iPhone or whatever phone you're using, and just scroll through the script as we go along. It's pretty cool.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, don't forget we're on the Performance Motorsports Network as well. Hardware, software.
2: Will this computer run iRacing? Not now.
1: All right, guys. Um, first one up is uh, from Danny Davis. He posted something in the forum that he's going to return his new HP Reverb G2. He had he cited a couple issues with it that he wasn't super happy with. Um, so I, I read through his uh, posting, and uh, his biggest complaint was uh, that he was unimpressed with the sweet spot of the uh, headset. Now. Um, uh, um, if if you're not familiar with the uh, VR, what the sweet spot is is when you put your headset on and you're looking through the lens, you'll be able to see very clearly in the center of the uh, screen. But as you as you um, look away from that center, you know you'd have to do it by moving your eyeballs, not by moving your head. Because if you move your head, the sweet spot's going to move. So a smaller a small sweet spot means that it's blurry uh, a little closer to the center than uh, than if it wasn't so he wasn't real happy with that and i mentioned when i got my new g2 that the the sweet spot was kind of small but it really doesn't bother it, it, if if i'm looking at text it bothers me a little bit because you know it's uh you know i'm using a little bit more peripheral vision on things like words and stuff and they and they can be blurry when it's not uh right in front of your eye but but when i'm racing it doesn't really bothering me at all i don't notice it because i'm using i'm looking straight ahead for the most part and uh my peripheral vision is what i'm using um, and it's already blurry to begin with so uh, so that was one of his points another was that um he thought that the the face mask the padding uh pushed the uh push the headset too far away from your face um, so um, i'm not sure why that would make a huge difference um other than you know it's it's actually nice if you wear glasses inside the headset because it gives you more room to wear glasses inside of there um but uh steve thompson from the obrl he actually uh pointed me to a uh, to a uh, a product that actually replaces that existing um face mask to a much thinner one which brings the screen closer to your eyes which supposedly will increase your um uh, increase your field of view and it also will increase some of the some of the sweet spot on it too so there may be a there may be a fix to what uh what danny was having an issue with um but um but I, am still, uh, as far as I'm concerned, I'm still very happy with mine. I, I have no intention of sending mine back. Uh, so, uh, you know, to each his own. I understand that he didn't like the sweet spot. He also uh, discounted some of the things that are really good about it compared to the older version. The, uh, the, uh, the audio is much better. But he says, well, I'm not an audiophile. Well, so I guess he just discounted that improvement. And the, and the uh, controllers which are much, much better than the ones before. And, you know, if you're only racing, I guess that wouldn't make a difference. But I do a couple other things where I do use the controllers, and it's so much nicer than the ones that you had before.
0: Any thought of – you never thought about going back to the G1? Nope.
1: Done not work anyway,
0: so. Okay. Oh, there's your answer. Uh, Okay, next up we have a rig review. Uh, Listener Joe Hanson Gates emailed the show with his review of his DOF Reality P6 motion rig. He mentioned that it was delivered in two weeks. They said it could be up to six, and it was built in roughly four hours. He said it performs brilliantly for ovals and needs some tuning to get roads right, but the pitch under heavy braking and acceleration is too pronounced. He also notes that as a commercial pilot, it performs very close to the level D simulator used at his workplace, and overall is very pleased with it. I'll read a quote here from the email. Um, As far as how it performs in flight sim, it's absolutely brilliant. I'm a commercial pilot, and it's very close to that level D. Um, For iRacing, I have a lot of tuning to get it perfect. Um, I'm still working to reduce those effects. Uh, I feel the car pushing me to the right in the corners. I can feel the rear end start to break loose and correct it immediately. I'm still coming to terms with it. My times are slower until I get used to the movement. It's going to change the way I drive. I'm going to have to be
2: smoother in my control inputs. So he basically says it's almost too powerful, which is a good problem to have.
1: Yeah, and I'm wondering what um, software he's using with it because I use uh, the Sim Racing Studio software, and there's some uh, settings for uh, dampening some of the effects. So, like where he's saying that um, that under heavy braking or heavy acceleration, the pitch forward or the or the pitch backwards, depending on what you're doing, is too pronounced. Well, those can all be software adjusted, uh, at least at least in the. Um, in the sim racing studio that i use and i think that would uh, help him out a lot as far as dialing in for the racing
2: i think he just hasn't gotten around to it yet based on the the letter
0: so i ran into the joe in carb cup and i was on grid with joe and i recognized him as a, one of our listeners and i said hey and he said and he's starting next to me on the grid and he said guess what this is my first race in my new motion rig and i was a little worried is he gonna like lose control and run into me but no he didn't but uh, i actually i actually
1: have the opposite issue with my my motion system where i think it's dialed in pretty good on racing but when i go to uh, a flight sim it's not pronounced enough so if i'm in a if i'm taking off in the airplane and i pull back on the throttle to lift off i don't think it pitches hard enough or with enough angle. So I would need to adjust it the other way to get a, a more pronounced effect for that. So um, sounds like he's just working at the opposite direction that I, I've been working on my software.
0: So this DOFreality.com is $5,300 for the six axis And it's basically to describe it, uh, a seat with some arms attached to it on each corner. That go down to motors that will move those arms accordingly. And then it's got a, a, a placed amount of a wheel and pedals. Probably
2: couldn't handle a direct drive or anything like that. I don't know. Very compact. Uh, he has a Simu Cube on it. He does. Actually, if you read simcube Cube 1. Wow.
0: $5,300. All All right. Thanks, Joe, for sending that in, like I asked. Uh, We always like to talk about listeners' equipment. David, what else do we got?
2: Not a whole lot of details, but we know Virtual Racing School has been putting out their own hardware, and we have a couple of preview pics put out by them on their Facebook page of their new pedals. They remind me of
0: Heiskenfelds.
2: Yeah, I'm I'm guessing they're hydraulic. They're
0: hard to see from the... The pictures uh they're like kind of close up and, uh, and even blurry and on some i don't know i don't see any i think hydraulic they're stuff. i think they're
2: hydraulic i think they're hydraulic looking at it uh there's there's spring loading in the back too yeah if you you look down if you actually click on the picture you can see more it's not as cropped out oh I see. and yeah there's there's your hydraulic cylinders down at the bottom but also uh adjustment springs they, they look sturdy cool yep I wonder if they want us to test them out. I'm nervous. I'm nervous about pedals cuz I don't I the ones I have are doing just fine. But you you know, you keep we keep seeing all these uh these new things come out with the hydraulic and upper level stuff and you you just it you know, that's one thing we do is we like to spend each other's money. Okay, so cool.
1: uh, I was going to say so v, VRS can send their samples to David Hall at
0: Iris. <laughs> <laughs>
2: No, I, you know who they send him to. Barry Worland has that pretty well cornered.
0: So this was a video about the Cube Controls QRX QR uh, quick release, and so Cube Controls has a great wheel. Uh, we'll probably talk about next week that they uh, put out um, that Barry did a, a video on as well. He did this video the week before on the quick release. And uh, it's not bad from what I saw. I mean, it's obviously designed for their wheel, the cube control. Um, you know, it's your standard Barry uh, video where he puts it through the paces,
2: as he says. Yeah, and he, he does such detailed work that uh, he pretty much has. I mean, I'm sure he has some competition, but if I want to watch a video to really learn about the hardware the, the details that's where you get the details we skim it over and introduce you to the ideas he spends an hour to two to three to four really just picking the stuff apart
1: yeah he he breaks he breaks that stuff down like nobody else does i mean he, he takes stuff apart that he's probably not even supposed to take apart check it out see check for build quality and stuff like that so i i have i highly value his uh, opinion on on how things are
0: Okay, last uh, hardware story here: Uh, the Track Racer TR8 Mach Three has been announced um, or introduced, as they call it, from TrackRacer.com. Nine hundred thirty dollars, excuse me, nine hundred thirty-nine dollars, and it's like a tubular kind of cockpit, you know, pipe-looking, so to speak. Um, What do you guys think?
1: It comes with a GT style seat as well. That's really nice. Um, and a monitor mount that, uh, that sets up. It doesn't look like it's going to support triples. Um, so that might be an issue if you, if you like triples. Um, and um, the, uh, the mount for the uh, steering wheel, uh, it's hard to tell from the picture I see, but it doesn't look like it's super duper strong.
0: I don't know. It seems overpriced for me. Um... Compared to their eighty twenty offerings from the same company, I would rather have eighty twenty than this. But
2: eighty twenty just gives you a lot more versatility. You know, these tubular options are good, but you can stick anything in an eighty twenty you want. I have coat hangers on mine. You know, uh, that hold my steering wheels in place.
1: Yeah, that's I actually mounted a, a like a hook for mine too to hook hook onto my VR headset. I hang it on there, but. Yeah. So, um, yeah, eighty twenty. I still think gives you the best option as far as, like David said, versatility. Super strong. Um, but you know, if you if you like this uh, tubular design, it does have a nice sleek looking design. Uh, maybe you want to check out this uh, Mach Three cockpit.
0: Okay. And oh, there's actually one more, and it is the wheel I spoke about before, the Cube Control. Uh gtx wheel as it's called and boy this thing is a beauty guys i was like so impressed by the display um that they have on top of this formula style wheel with the million buttons i mean um this is a high-end wheel um we've we've talked about cube controls a lot before this is just their new version
2: there's a lot of stuff on there
0: it's a busy wheel isn't it
2: yeah, I always laugh, though, when I see the wheels with the built-in displays, because then I think, VR.
1: That's right. This is not, you want to spend all this extra money for, for this if you race VR, because it's completely pointless. Uh, but it's a beautiful wheel. The, 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 uh, the uh, display screen is, is fantastic. It's got LED lights at the top for, uh, for your, uh, I guess you could probably program those, but uh, it's probably set up for at least RPMs.
0: Yeah, so I watched the, uh, not the whole video, but like the last part where he does his summary. And uh, he showed some close-ups of the wheel, like really up close. I mean, it's a really nice carbon fiber. It looks like a real racing wheel. It doesn't look like plastic. It just looks like a a higher quality than like a Fanatec would look. I don't know. It just looks real. Like it came
2: right out of a, you know, a proper race car. Yep, looks nice. So NIS may be over, but we're still racing, Mike. So that's it. Let's go into results.
0: Uh, we didn't do any official racing, according to our list here. Um, so let's keep well, on.
2: Well, sort of. I did pick up, before week 13 was over, I picked up a win at Spa. Oh, that's official, obviously.
0: Well, congratulations on that. Uh, Bobby, he ran and got uh, C-Trucks. He said that was the first time that he ran since, uh, what, September, and uh, he got a win. Uh, He qualified fifth and finished first. Uh, Bobby Jonas trying to show off a little bit, I guess.
2: Yeah, he's been doing a lot of painting, both in-game and for uh, real teams.
0: Yeah, he's got our paints uh, set up for the new NIS uh, season coming up an update to uh, our scheme. I'm really excited about, and I uh, can't wait to, to get my hands on it.
2: Yeah, and I, I got a I got a little bit of a head start on them and did one for for the GridFinder that I got to run uh, in the Weir series last night, in fact. And we also threw a tweet out on it just a couple of days ago and got some good responses.
0: Oh, I love the color that you were using on the GridFinder logo. Uh, really popped on that hood. But yeah, we're trying to put GridFinder, Uh, obviously, on all of our paints and and get those updated.
2: Now, Adam, uh, I guess we can jump into leagues, and I don't think it got added into the file, Uh, but uh, Adam did let me know how he did last night. He won in his main sim racing series at New Hampshire Motorsports, Um, started on the pole, and led the random draw on every lap. Um, He said he made a bad adjustment in the Sarah in the sarah davis chases works contender series and started 18th got to 8th but ended up 16th after the handling it away and he ran out of fuel with four laps to go so adam continues to tear it up on the in that super late model
0: okay and then uh how about obrl at the glen
1: yeah so uh monday night was the arca series race for the obrl at watkins glen um uh, it was a pretty good turnout for a road course. Usually, the road courses uh, drop a few people off who might be a little intimidated or maybe just not not used to running road. Uh, so, uh, I started in uh, P eight on the at the start of the race and basically just kept clean, tried to stay to keep the car on the asphalt, and uh, wound up moving my way up the P four. Uh, that's where I finished. Uh, I was in P3 with like about four laps to go, but uh car behind me was just on fresher tires and uh, he I couldn't hold him off. And wound up making a little bit of a mistake in turn six, you know, overdriving that corner and getting a little grass. And, uh, but it's brought him, didn't get a podium, but P4, I'll take that for sure on a road course. So uh, yeah, not too bad.
0: We Looks were like... talking strategy about one or two stops. What'd you do? Uh,
1: Definitely one stop. Um, It was a 40-lap race. Um, You could easily run past the 20-lap mark, Um, so the tires didn't fall off enough that warranted three stops. I think a couple people did try, uh, or two stops, I think a couple people did try that and it it didn't work out for them at all. You know, without having any yellows in the road course, you know, there's no way to to get back up on the lead pack if you fall behind with pit strategy.
2: Tony did get to run as well. Uh, he said it was a fun car, and he was doing okay till the car got him coming out of turn one. Um, and he waited the la- he ran the last twenty laps for the hood to flap in his face. He was waiting for it to come <laughs> up, but it never quite did.
1: Yeah, I watched his in-car replay, and it was it was just shaking like crazy. Uh, I was expecting a Tommy Boy moment anytime when the when the hood flops open and he can't see a thing, but never happened.
2: You also got to run some trucks.
1: Yeah, so uh, Monday was week one of the uh, the uh, OBRL truck race, and that's actually the Aftermath-sponsored uh, uh, race. So uh, unfortunately, uh, Tony or the two Tonys and Chris weren't able to make it, but I was happy to be there, you know, representing them my way, uh, the uh, iRacers Lounge Aftermath, and um, wound up getting a P11. I think I started 12th on that race. Um, we had a couple of long... Um, long uh, green flag run at the beginning of the race. Uh, And uh, I didn't get a whole lot of practice. I just been too busy uh, to get a whole get much practice on that race. So uh, uh, I wound up over driving the corners a little bit, wearing out the right front. Uh, So I wasn't super fast, but I I was I'm actually not too disappointed with uh, with that finish. There was 31 cars in
0: that race, so it wasn't too bad. Okay, and then OBRL Cup Series at Texas. Chris Scales P11, Tony Rochette P15. He said, "I hate that wall."
2: Yeah, Mike. Uh, we also Monday got you. Got to run the 87 Cup car, right?
0: Oh, that was the Winter Series. Yep. Uh, so we ran the uh, NASCAR uh, Legends at Dover. Uh, I was having a pretty good run, but wrecked out. It was a good first run, and I was much better on the tires this time on that first run, and but I ended up a lap down, I did get a lucky dog, and then some guy wrecked and came right back up the track. I mean, he was clear down to the apron, and he came all the way back up. I had nowhere to go at all and just totally got collected.
2: And then a Wednesday night, we had a crazy uh, set. They had not, they had tested the set on Monday, but the changes to the cup card drastically affected it. Um, And everybody was just uh, screaming mama while they went around the corners, man.
0: It was tough. Uh, That was one of the hardest races I've probably ran. Uh, Just trying to not wreck um, because it was so freaking loose for me anyway, and other people were struggling. you know, there were some heavy hitters who actually wrecked out.
2: Wrecked out or had the, they had their left rear tires blow out. Uh, we had a long run at the end. Uh, you came home P13, right?
0: My best finish in the league so far. I got um, caught up on the pit road when a caution came out, which put me down two laps. Now, you and I kind of were running the same strategy. Everyone else was pitting for tires. We were staying out. Uh, I finally pitted and then the freaking caution came out, but you hadn't pitted yet. So you ended up like P five after that.
2: Yeah. And on the last run, I climbed as high as P three because a lot of the really fast guys, they were, they were blowing out their right rear tire. The leader, uh, David justice. He, he, he just, um, no, he wasn't the leader, but I was, he was actually, no, he was the leader. Cause I was sitting in the lucky dog position, uh, in P six. Right. And, um, then he just all of a sudden starts getting loose and comes right back to me and two laps later he's like oh crap i got a pit now and uh christian blew his out uh i think tyler did a couple of them got back to me because they only took right sides and so they were able to make it back up but uh essentially for me i benefited from not being able to run the car that fast because i didn't wear the right rear tire out and f- after an 80 lap run at over I finished with 14% left on the right rear in P7.
0: I definitely got a higher finish than I deserved because I stayed out on those little tires now with two to go the tire blew the, the, the right rear and uh, I got a black flag saying I had to pit and I'm like well man I'm just coming to the white now and so I, d- I just finished the race with the black flag I was one I was concerned what are they going to do with my finish are they going to you know penalize me or something but i didn't it was a p13 that's where i was running at the time so i didn't even get a penalty
2: yeah i wonder about that particular black flag because it doesn't actually show uh the meatball flag it just says pit for repairs right but it doesn't actually throw up an actual black flag so maybe you didn't actually take a penalty
0: so maybe that's the difference. Maybe that's why I didn't, I got to keep my P13. Okay. Uh, what else do we have? We have OBRL Xfinity, Texas, Tony Rochette P15. He said, I hate new Texas. I hate that trioval wall. Uh, Chris scales P7. And then we had the snowball Eucora.
2: Yeah, this is usually a cleaner race. I, th- I think you wrecked out at some point.
0: Yeah, I don't really remember. This is yeah. There was a bunch of cautions I think up early, right?
2: Yeah, they they struggled. These guys are accustomed to running an Indy car at an oval, and even at something like Phoenix, you barely lift, right? Um, whereas in the Radical, it, you had to drive it mo- a lot more like a stock car. It, believe it or not, because we were at USA, right? Um, and it. Yeah, you had to control the throttle. You had to brake and use the brake to turn. Um, and it just wasn't what they were used to. And quite a few of them were self-spinning. Uh, being for being a stock car guy, I ran a little bit better than me. I ran top five most of the race and finished P3.
0: Yeah. So we're going racing with Eucora Snowball tonight, but it's a road course, right? It's going to be Lime Rock, which is the short track of road courses for me. I might run that. I don't know. I thought about maybe joining in the booth uh, for the broadcast, but I'm pretty good at Lime Rock. Maybe I will run it.
2: It's the legacy Lime Rock, in fact. Okay. Grid Finder is your go-to source for finding your next sim racing league, currently home to over 450 leagues across all gaming platforms and across 10 different racing sims, including over 80 iRacing leagues. Filter your search by racing sim, car class, race day, and region. Finding a league to fit your schedule has never been this easy. Visit www.grid-finder.com to find a league or upload your own. Grid Finder. GridFinder.com. The home of online sim racing leagues.
0: Well, that's it for results. So uh, let's jump into final thoughts. Brian McCubbin, what do you got?
1: Um, I want to give a big shout-out to Peter Kopko, um, or Coco Puffs, as everybody knows him, in the OBRL. Um, he does so much for that league. He puts in a lot of time and effort into in, uh, making that league go. He, he puts in a lot of time for uh, to make the uh, uh, the Ladies of I Racing uh, League, because he does that with his uh, girlfriend. Um, and uh, Wednesday night was uh, the race at Texas for the OBRL. And guess what, guys? His first win ever in OBRL. Um, he was, uh, and people were um, driving behind him, calling out, telling him, telling him where to run his blocks and stuff, because they were so excited to get him across the finish line first. And he he pulls out the win uh, on the radio. His he was so excited that when after he he uh, crossed the checkered flag, it was a fantastic race to be in with the uh, with the uh, Coco Puffs. And congratulations to
0: Pete. Wow. I and mean, he's not usually there to win. This, this is his first win in the league, or?
1: First win in his league in any series, as far as I'm
0: aware. Yeah. Wow.
1: That's a tough, tough, tough league to, to win races in. They have a couple of really good guys who seem to to bring home uh, uh, checker flags all the time. So it's tough to win in that league. And uh, man, he's getting really good, though, and uh, put up a great finish uh, and, and took home the, his first one. It was great.
0: All right. Well done, Peter. All right, David Hall, final thoughts.
2: Uh, Excited for the build. I'm ready to start season one. Uh, And that's really about it. Come watch my stream, twitch.tv slash mixmage.
0: Okay, very good. Uh, My final thoughts. Wow, excited for the new website, iRacersLounge.com. Check it out, guys. Uh, The script has never been better And this is really the next evolution of this podcast is having this website to go with it. Um, When we send out the link for the show, we're going to send out a link to this website. And so we really want you to try to use the show notes to your advantage. Uh, It's really neat to have a visual to go with the audio of the podcast. Try it. Just give me a chance and try it. You're going to love it. It's really easy to read on an iPhone or Android or any kind of smartphone. Very mobile friendly. Um, So real happy with the result of that, and look forward to uh, using it going forward. As far as racing, I'm taking it easy this week. It's week 13, I did my two league races, and that's pretty much what I'm gonna do. Um, I don't know what I'm gonna do for season one. Um, I can't keep giving up I-rating, running the sprint car, so I think I'm gonna be done with that. So uh, what am I gonna do? I don't know. Maybe uh, A-open or something. I don't know. Give me some ideas. Get me up on the track. Road courses. Road course. <laughs> Maybe I'll buy that new Delara. I don't know. But uh, we'll give it a shot. And with that, we'll see you on the track later. Thank you for listening to the Odd Racers Lounge podcast. Make sure you go subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play, Facebook, and Twitter. See you on the track.